Larry Dobrow. I'm MM&M's executive editor, and I'm welcoming you here today to Measuring and Optimizing Toward Better Patient Outcomes, um, a sponsored podcast with Chris Paquette from Deep Intent. We have a very smart guy with us here today. This is a good thing, um, and we're going to be hearing a lot about a research report that Deep Intent just did, and we're going to hear a little more about what the business is and how it is really moving the needle for a lot of clients. Chris, thank you so much for joining us here today. Larry, thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So yeah, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record, but you know, my standard first question on these podcasts is, how are you? Um, how is everybody at Deep Intent? How has the company weathered the events of the last year or so? Yeah, no, great question. Things have been good here. Um, you know, Deep Intent's been growing. Um, we actually just hired another 20 people over the last month. So um, things are things have been on the up. There was a point last March, you know, where we weren't quite sure where things were going, as I'm sure most people were. Um, but, you know, we saw the activity that came through on the digital channels for, for digital advertising in particular, just really started to ramp up at a ferocious pace over the last, uh, you know, the last, uh, called back half of, of 2020. And so far in 2021, things seem to be increasing as well. So things have been really good uh, for the business. Everybody's healthy. Can't complain. Let's, uh, let's actually go back to the start. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about your background, because it's an interesting background. And uh, tell us a little bit about the evolution of Deep Intent. Yeah, happy to. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I got started off in healthcare through a research professor of mine over at Binghamton University. Uh, I was a bioengineering major and just happened to get into some of the genomic uh, cancer research that they were doing at the uh, through Howard Hughes Medical Institute. Um, so that was through a grant that my professor was was working on, and he kind of looped me in. You know, he's like, "Hey, you know, we're working on some machine learning." I'm like, "What's machine learning? I have no idea. I'm a sophomore in college." Um, so he, he threw it at me and I was like, Hey, this sounds pretty interesting. So, you know, that summer I started getting into healthcare, uh, healthcare data in particular, um, building uh, machine learning, uh, algorithms to help predict a uh, recurrence of cancer based on, uh, different genomic signals from microarrays. So, uh, it definitely very technical, uh, but that was really kind of what planted the seed in my head about the value of data and the value of machine learning and how it can improve healthcare for patients. Um, so fast track a, a year or two after that, I actually got my first job out of college in advertising. I was working at a small uh, search advertising company here in New York. Was there for about a year and a half, learned the ropes of the advertising uh, ecosystem. Left actually to go to Memorial Sloan Kettering, where I was a data scientist uh, and was working there on a couple different projects uh, to predict basically readmittance of uh, patients based on different sorts of attributes about the patient, demographics, you know, uh, treatment, care. Uh, we also were looking at sepsis prediction, which is a big problem in the, in the hospital space. You know, a lot of penalties and fines if uh, you're a hospital institution you have uh, sepsis patients. So, you know, more mostly focused on the operational research side. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of, I would say maybe the second year I was there where actually a buddy of mine from college, uh, a good friend of mine, Mo, we decided to you know, dip our toes into, you know, what would it look like if we were to start a healthcare technology company um, for, you know, in programmatic. And so what we decided to do was kind of a, <laughs> a crazy task of building a DSP. Uh, and, and so that snowballed eventually into what Deep Intent is today. Um, you know, as of today, we have 100, over 130 employees, uh, three offices uh, here in New York, also in Pune, India, and, and we're growing office in Bosnia. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been actually, it's been so rewarding to be a part of this. And, you know, the core premise behind Deep Intent really has been about this thesis that we have that, you know, marketing technology can measurably improve patient lives. And so far, we're on the right path. And we, we've been proving that nonstop. 
I'd like to go back to something you said over the course of that answer um, about the value of data and the value of machine learning. Has data and machine learning been out undervalued traditionally in healthcare, or has it been one of those situations where, you know, healthcare and pharma, they're interested, but they want to see somebody else do it first. Everybody wants to be the second into the pool rather than the first one into the pool. Uh, one of the challenges has just been the fragmentation in the data ecosystem for healthcare. Obviously, regulatory issues uh, and a lot of barriers to entry for you know, new startups. Um, also, just siloing. Um, you know, for example, we have EHR platforms that have traditionally put a lot of walls around the healthcare data that exists. But what we're seeing now, and actually, I think over the last five years, we start to see those barriers start to drop. Now, with new interoperability rules, we're starting to see data more accessible to developers, to new startups. Um, also patients, I believe, are starting to see the value of having their data being pulled in a privacy-safe way to extract insights and value to ultimately improve better, better outcomes and care. So what I'm seeing kind of as the progression here is that in, in my mind, and my mind's eye, if you will, you know, I'm seeing that data is moving closer and closer to the edge. And what I mean by that is the data no longer is gonna live within a EHR system. It's going to live within the cell phone, right? Uh, the smartphone of a patient. And that's going to be a portable data set that with permission can be aggregated and analyzed by new tools, new companies that will bring additional value uh, to the healthcare ecosystem and ultimately to improve patient, patient lives. Which actually provides a nice transition. Um, Deep Intent recently did a research report. And uh, one of the findings that obviously jumped out is that three quarters of patients believe that more lives can be saved if people were better informed about their treatment options. I think that feeds into what you were just saying. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about the research report. Tell me about the thinking that informed it. And um, in your mind, what were the most surprising findings? So knowing that the goal of Deep Intent is to measure, measurably improve patient lives, we needed to, you know, we wanted to kind of see firsthand knowledge and experiment ourselves, putting on a survey to see what are patients' perceptions and feeling about pharma advertising, healthcare advertising in general. Um, so, you know, that was the core crux of why we commissioned this study. Um, and, and as you mentioned, you know, the, the learnings that we saw, there really was two main themes that boiled up. You know, there was a major opportunity, and this is the key one, major opportunity for marketers to support the patient-provider relationship. And clearly, you know, I don't know how much marketers may think, or if they do, that's great. But one thing that kind of struck me was that there's a major opportunity to support that relationship by arming the patient with knowledge before they go in to see the provider, then they will be better informed to have better conversations about an exhaustive list of all of the treatment options uh, that could be relevant for their condition. And by having that more exhaustive, more in-depth conversation, that's actually how trust builds. To have a bi-directional relationship with your provider uh, is a critical component to actually building trust in any sort of relationship. So by arming patients with more information, we can build trust, which ultimately leads to adherence to the treatment plan. And so that was, that was the thesis that we went into kind of with the idea, the hypothesis of, is that actually the fact? And what we found here was that it was the truth. Um, so some really interesting, interesting stats. Patients, as you mentioned, three-fourths of them agree that more lives could be saved if patients were better informed about their pharmaceutical treatment options. Um, and what was also interesting about that was 30% of them did only felt that they were informed beforehand. So there's 70% of patients felt that they were not informed. 
big opportunity there to better inform patients before they step into the provider's office. In addition to that, uh, one of the questions we asked was how relevant is the current marketing, the current advertising you're seeing uh, that Farm is doing? How relevant is that to you and your condition? Only 35% of them agree that it was. So in my opinion, this is painting a, a major opportunity to rethink about the use of data to better improve patient outcomes and support the, uh, the provider relationship. And what we believe is that, you know, this education will ultimately improve the care that they receive and ultimately reduce the burden on the healthcare system. Um, when you've taken some of these results out to clients or, you know, even just discussed them internally, what has the response been? Um, was there surprise? Was there basically like, all right, this confirms a lot of what we suspected? Um, and are people willing to kind of act on them? Basically say, all right, you know, this now we have evidence. Now we have something which points us in the direction we know we need to go. Tell me a little bit about those conversations. Yeah, you know, our clients, it was a mix of both uh, in understanding. They're like, yes, we, we understand that. But also it painted a very, very clear picture of why better data-driven advertising can actually improve the, not just their bottom line, but also improve the patient outcomes. Um, so, you know, that opportunity I just mentioned, the 65% of, of patients who feel that the pharma marketing and the advertising they receive is not relevant at all. You know, I'm sure many of them think of the commercials that they see on television, right? You turn on your local news, more often than not, you're going to see a, a couple pharma ads in that, in that ad pod for conditions that just aren't relevant to you. When you think about the power of digital and programmatic in particular, there's a real opportunity to help improve essentially the relevance and the resonance of the messaging and the creative that you're putting out there and making sure that you're hitting the right audience. You know, we actually did some, some separate research that when you look at what are the most important factors and determinants in getting patients on script, the most important by a factor of three is hitting the right audience. Right? It's not just the creative messaging, it's serving the ads to the right audience actually creates three times a better effect. Um, so audience targeting is something that clearly, you know, pharma has been traditionally a, a laggard to, which is understandable, right? Because of HIPAA and privacy concerns, but companies like Deep Intent and some others, we've been making strides to help bring data-driven marketing to the programmatic and, and advertising space. And that's been, you know, what we're finding is, is actually driving incredible efficiencies, but also improving the lives. You know, it's interesting because the conversations that we have with, you know, people at agencies, with uh, people on brand teams in pharma, take is always like, we want to deliver the right ad to the right person at the right time. But uh, that's, that's not as easy as uh, anybody <laughs> makes it sound. Uh, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that might be a little bit understated when people roll out that very lofty goal. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly in, in patient marketing, right, in, when you're advertising to patients, you're not able to use one-to-one -one marketing. Due to HIPAA, and everybody knows this quite well, I, I would imagine, you can't just take patient data, make it portable, and then move it into the advertising ecosystem. That would, you know, that would violate, you know, for very good reason, a lot, a lot of privacy law, uh, specifically HIPAA. Um, so what marketers have had to do, they have to work by proxy. So, you know, what we've done is, you know, we've built several tools that we believe by centralizing the data, centralizing the, uh, the identity, centralizing all of these different components in a privacy safe way, we actually have better efficiency because, you know, if you think about a typical media plan, if you're an agency, right, you're working with a, with a media partner, you're working maybe with a programmatic partner, working with a measurement vendor. So you're working with a lot of different vendors who all have their own definition of who the right audience is. And it's that kind of incongruity in the audience definition that I think actually creates a lot of waste and inefficiencies. So when we look at 
this gap, right? And, and in terms of capability, data inconsistencies, waste and imprecision in the way that ads are being delivered. We saw that as an opportunity to both improve the speed and improve the performance of the dollars, right? That are going into uh, these, these campaigns. Um, so yeah, in, in my opinion, you know, centralizing this in one platform, uh, that's been kind of the vision of Deep Intense. And so we've been seeing a lot of success so far with that. That gives us a nice segue into our next uh, topic. What healthcare marketers need, um, you know, Deep Intent obviously is big on getting the right outcomes. I know a lot of people are <laughs> focused on the process and everything else. That, that's a huge question, what healthcare marketers need, but it's a question that, you know, the answer is more than efficiency. Um, there are, it's obviously a very complex one. T- tell me a little bit about that. Tell, tell me about some of the tools. Tell me about some of the uh, systems that need to be put into place. Yeah, what, what we're seeing today in the space is a revolution in the way that data is being used for, for targeting, right? And for measurements of these campaigns. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, there's traditional kind of legacy vendors who are out there who offer measurement capabilities uh, for their plans that are typically, they have high, high degrees of lag in them. So you're running a, a let's say a, a quarter long campaign, you may not get the results of that campaign um, in terms of the actual uh, outcomes and the actual uh, script lift from that campaign until weeks later or months later, possibly a quarter later. That's way too long, right? And you, when you think about the advantages of digital and programmatic, it's built for real-time optimization. So we saw that gap in time as a problem for speed. How do we increase the ability for the programmatic tools or, or any sort of tool, the digital buy, to have better knowledge ahead of what's working or not working? So what we set out to build out, what is Deep Intent Outcomes, right? We decided to focus on that as being one of the key problems. And what we saw is that by improving the speed of the knowledge of what's working or not working, and actually getting that into a daily rhythm for optimizations, we're able to improve the the impact and the efficiency of the buy in real time. The comparison I make is like, if you're an e-com, uh, e-com uh, marketer, right? And you have a, a conversion, you're trying to drive people to buy your widget on your website. What, what campaign do you think is going to work better? The one where you get real-time conversion data or the one that you get conversion data six months from now and then having to take that on a six-month lag and then optimize your campaign? It's obviously the real-time one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I mean, to know what's working or not working in your media plan is really, that, that was what we, what we set out to, to accomplish by closing the gap in that time. Um, and so that inadvertently actually directly, directly improves the performance of your campaigns. When you see healthcare marketers that are still talking about uh, clicks, you know, are still talking about, yeah. impressions, um, you know, I, I mean, you have to basically like, you know, sit them down and say, okay, this is going to be a tough conversation. Tell me a little bit about the, the laggards and how deep intent, you know, really can help them get up to speed quickly. You know, it, it, the conversations actually aren't, aren't that difficult. Right? When you can sit down across the table from a client and you say, hey, we can now optimize towards TRX, NRX, MBRX, whatever metric it is on the back end that you're looking to improve or looking to drive, whatever the consumer, whatever the clinical behavior is that you're looking to drive, whether maybe if it's, it's even a patient visit to the physician. And we can do that on a daily basis. They get it, right? It's, it's the, the KPI that they're being held to, at least the brand teams are being held to. Um, to hit, right? To drive down the cost and to increase the volume. So it's actually a very simple conversation. Um, you know, clearly there's legacy metrics and, you know, clicks and 
two plus page views and other metrics have always been, they've always been proxies for the ultimate uh, business objective, which is to drive, drive higher, higher scripts, right? And drive script lift. Um, but what we're seeing now is that those walls are coming down. Those proxies are no longer needed because of the tools that we've developed. And it's super exciting. And it's, when I said before about there being a revolution in the way that digital and, and programmatic is, is being used for healthcare, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Closing that gap, knowing in effect, you know, what is happening in the ground, on the ground, in the patient office, literally the same day that it's happening. Uh, and and that, that gap, you know, where deep intent is positioned itself quite nicely, is to build tools that allow our marketers to see that information, run the attribution to their programs, and then be able to figure out, hey, you know, this is working or this isn't working on my media plan. Deep intent outcomes. Uh, obviously, it's been tested. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. I know you had um, three pharma companies and their agencies and four brands as part of a beta test, but you also have a case study or two you might be able to share. I'd love to hear a little more about those. Yeah, yeah. No, so we, um, you know, we, we've done a lot with uh, just some of these initial, initial case studies. We've been powering a lot of very innovative type solutions. Um, so while I can't say the actual brand names, you know, I can say that you know, we were in partnerships with, with uh, Publicis Health Media, for example, we're measuring the combined effects of the HCP and patient targeting for one particular drug. Uh, and so on the HCP side, it, it, was, it was quite great. Deep Intent was a top performing partner. Um, so we had the highest reach with the lowest cost. Um, on the DTC side, we actually were able to get four times better uh, audience quality with one and almost two times more cost-effective reach than the other partners. So that was kind of the first metrics that we looked at. But when we actually ran the analytics to see, okay, what is the effect of being able to target, uh, you know, being able to target patients and providers prior to that visit? We actually saw there's upwards of a 30 to 35% increase in key backend metrics like NRX, TRX, and MDRX. So we actually see there, there's a massive opportunity here. Um, and again, doing this in conjunction with, with our good partners at, at Publicis, you know, we found this opportunity to, hey, if we are able to expose the patients and providers in the moment before, in the moments or the days leading up to that, uh, to ultimately that, that visit or that encounter, there's a substantial effect to increase the ability, right, to, to get a, a patient on script. And so there's a lot more that we're doing in that space. So I can't necessarily talk, discuss about it, but it's a very exciting area. Now that we have this data, and we're able to run these programs in one platform, be able to optimize to both objective, uh, to both campaigns' objectives. We're we're doing some really interesting space. So I would expect to hear more about it in the time to come. Which leads us into the obvious uh, last thing to bug you about: what's next? Um, <laughs> you know, this is obviously very future-minded. Um, it's arriving at a time when people need to be future-minded. Um, yeah. What can Deep Intent do to keep the momentum going? Um, what are some of the other things that you're considering? Maybe for lack of a more interesting way to put it, <laughs> uh, what are the top items on your to-do list heading forward? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great question. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of headwinds and tailwinds that are happening in the space right now. Um, you know, when, when we're thinking about the future, you know, we're really thinking about for Q2 and on, um, obviously, continuing to improve our measurements, our targeting and our planning capabilities that just, you know, those are in my opinion, table stakes to the platform that we've developed. But now we're also looking at, hey, what's happening when cookies go away, right? But how are we, we going to partner better with publishers, build tools that help them? Um, so, you know, one of the kind of theses that, or call it uh, tenets of, of what we've built is that deep intent really is an operating system at the end of the day. You know, we have built technology that ultimately is built to help patients and, and improve outcomes. It doesn't really matter who's spending the ad dollar where. If it's with a, with a publisher, or if it's on our platform, 
we're totally blinded to that. We, we, and we don't necessarily care as much, right? But we want to build the tools that help publishers and help advertisers make better decisions about how they're actually getting the message out to their patients and the patients within their audiences. So over the next, you know, I would say over the next several quarters, we're going to be making um, a lot of new product announcements. Some of them I, I can't necessarily say, but it's going to be a very exciting future for Deep Intent and for the ecosystem in general, especially with some partnerships, both in the data space, as well as in the, in the publishing space as well. So a lot, lot to come. Well, we hope we can do this again as soon as you're able to disclose some of those details because you know, this, this is to me an area that you know everybody needs to know more about. Otherwise, they're going to be left behind. So many totally. thanks for coming on today and telling us a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks so much, Larry. It's been great to be here and, and looking forward to that next podcast. That was Chris Peckett from Deep Intent. I'm Larry Dobrow from MMM, and many thanks for listening and uh, come back soon. Be well.